1: On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, Fred Van Vliet speaks to the media and digs into whether or not He thinks an extension is possible between him and the Toronto Raptors. Spoiler alert, seems like it's very possible. We'll talk about what that would mean for the Toronto Raptors going forward to lock in Fred Van Vliet for three or four more years. We'll also talk about this weird perception of Fred Van Vliet that seems to be kind of out there in the ether about whether or not he can adapt his role to fit what the team needs going forward. Is he a gunner? That seems to be a bit of a concern which maybe is a bit unfounded. We'll talk about that on today's show with Katie Heindel from Dime and and frankly the entire internet that's all coming up on today's episode oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot kind of mess so.
2: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: episode number 1196 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, June the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, as Katie giggles at my lack of knowledge of the date. I checked my calendar. You're right. (laughs) Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, You can also find the show on all your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely free. You can subscribe, follow, rate, review, support the show. That way you can also go to YouTube and subscribe over there for free as well. It's very much appreciated when you support the show. And uh, it's free to do. And it doesn't take very long. So what are you waiting for? Support the show. It's a free podcast, baby. We don't ask for much. So thank you in advance for supporting the show any way you can. Also, today's show is supported by our pals at Arcade 1UP. Locked On is partnering with Arcade 1UP to give away three free NBA Jam Shack Edition machines. Stay tuned for later in the show and we learn how to enter that really really cool contest all right on today's show i have headphones on because my AirPods were on the fritz and i feel weird if i look awkward i'm having a hard time i'm total podcast man now but on today's show we are talking about fred van vleet and his comments yesterday to the media in a promotional media availability i think it was with american express uh but he did talk a lot about his extension eligibility his role with the Raptors, can he adapt his role, et cetera, et cetera. And here to talk about Fred Van Vliet at length is someone who I love talking about Fred Van Vliet at length with. It is Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going?
2: It's going good, man. I just have to say I'm a little bit upset to to hear today that uh, there's a national and like a North American lifeguard shortage. Mm -hmm. So public pools in Toronto, probably Hamilton, this affects you too, Uh uh-huh. will be understaffed and a lot of the outdoor public pools this summer only will be open evenings and weekends. As you know, I'm an avid lane swimmer. Yes. But also I just love going and flopping around on the deck and like a lot of other people too. Public pools are a public resource for people who can't afford to, you know, or don't have means to leave the city or get gym memberships and I just feel like it's a really shitty thing.
0: Yeah. I love
2: Anyway, that's my little screed. That if you is... know anyone, if your kids are are, are, are you know, lifeguard or don't even need to have lifeguard training, maybe it's not even your kids. I asked my husband, who's over 35 and has a full-time job, but I know he has his brawn <laughs> cross this morning. I begged him, don't you want to be a lifeguard this summer instead? Because the city of Toronto is offering crash courses to get people their lifeguard certificates. So... If you're looking for a summer job, or you know any lazy kids, (laughs) college kids that you want to find summer jobs for, as young as 14. I don't work for the city. I just love (laughs) working. Um. Hook him up with a summer gig. I would love to be a lifeguard, but I want to swim. So that's why I'm not going <laughs> to. to
1: uh, yeah, I guess you don't get to do a whole lot of swimming when uh-huh. you're a lifeguard unless something horrible is happening. You get in to sit case, in that yeah. chair
2: and look cool as hell. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like still one of the very like few cool jobs I think out there in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, a very important PSA. Jokes aside, uh, public services are good, and not having them available is bad, and uh, ultimately affects underprivileged, underprivileged, and underserved communities. So yeah,
2: privatized Ontario. We have to hold to our last public municipal resources. Exactly, the library, Uh, pools, (laughs) healthcare.
1: Hell yeah! There's
2: there's more. The Holy
1: Trinity and Mm -hmm. more. (laughs) <laughs> All right, katie that was a re- now resounding I'm start to the podcast yeah fired up <laughs> <laughs> it is like 40 degrees out yes this, by the way i was telling you before going on air uh <laughs> the apartment i live in is typically quite cool because we have air conditioner units in the living room and the kitchen However, I closed the door for acoustics, and just so the background's not all weird and, and, you know, misshapen with a door open and the hallway sitting behind me, and there's no AC in this room, and so, by the end of this podcast, with it being 40 degrees just outside that window, it's gonna be a sweaty boy in here. So, uh, let's dive in before mm-hmm. that starts pouring down my face. Fred Van Vliet, Katie. Spoke yesterday to the media and media availability organized through American Express. And, uh, you know, in addition, I'm sure, to hucking credit cards, he talked a lot. That's a credit card, right? I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he talked a lot about his extension eligibility and his adaptability within the Raptors scheme. I, I'm really excited to talk about the adaptability stuff later on. I think that's a really fascinating question considering who Fred is as a guy, who he's learned from in his NBA career. Uh, I don't have many questions about it, but we'll get to that shortly. But we should just start with the talk of the extension. Of course, there was a report earlier this week from Michael Skoto over at Hoops Hype that... They are potentially already in conversations with Fred VanVleet. The Raptors are about an extension. The extension would uh, be worth up to three years and $89 million if signed this summer. And if he declines the option on his deal for the year after next, he could extend for up to four years and $114 million, So a slightly lower annual cap hit, like a million bucks less. But still, just under $30 bucks a year to keep Fred VanVleet in town for four years beyond next season. And uh, Katie, gotta say... <laughs> I think the Raptors should go ahead and do that right now. I think that would be a fantastic occurrence for the team. Fred Van Vliet seemed pretty optimistic that that's something that could happen. Where are you on the idea of extending Fred Van Vliet and ensuring that he's locked in with the Raptors for the remainder, probably, of his prime?
2: Extend this guy. If he wants it, if the team wants it, um, those are, like... We are seeing already even in this offseason how kind of rare that looks to be like in the broader NBA landscape. That's no surprise to me. Mm -hmm. You know, Fred Van Vliet also said in that that same avail that like he would stay with the franchise for the entirety of his career if he could. He feels like it's a good fit. It's a great match. A match made in heaven,
1: I believe, is what he said. Yeah. Yes.
2: Obviously, they value him and his development and like, you know, the Raptors whole ethos is about helping guys like... Off the court as much as on, you know, in their Mm -hmm. careers to make sure that they're getting that they're getting what they're worth, right? That they're getting paid. So I think knowing that is also like a huge boost. He's not going to be undercut. They're not going to try and nickel and dime this guy. Um, And then more than that, like he's kind like he's the foundation, or like you know, a good part of maybe the trifecta of the foundation of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to keep this guy?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think like. It's a weird thing because the Raptors overachieved this past season, right? Mm-hmm. And I think with that has maybe come a bit of an acceleration of expectations for what this team should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our Palisada Alvi actually was tweeting about this yesterday. Swar lasers on Twitter, a very smart fellow, even if uh, he's smart. he's awful at basketball and is totally overrated. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a wonderful man, very tall. He pointed out that, you know, with this Raptors team, as great as it was this past year, this next season is probably not going to be where that real sort of competitive championship window kicks in, and it's probably something closer to 2023-24, where you have Mm -hmm. year four Precious Achua still on a rookie contract, you have year three Scotty Barnes still on a rookie contract, you have OG... I believe, in the final year of his deal before an opt-out. And then you have, ideally, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet locked in, and they'll be, what, 30 years old that season? Still within their prime for Mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, maybe Scotty Barnes has kind of ascended to be your number one. You get your 33rd overall pick this year, who's a couple years into development and all that, and you have all your picks going forward. Like, that feels to me, based on what Assad said, I can't disagree with him you know he that's what he felt and i agree uh that's the year where you kind of start pushing the chips all in and really hope okay this is the year where we can go and actually compete for a conference finals or a championship or mm-hmm. whatever it might be you're a very serious in the mix contender and you have all of these very good players on hand you have the ability to consolidate if you need to with all of your picks in in store and all these different guys who will be under contract Um, this also assumes a potential gary trent jr extension as well which we'll probably talk about at a later date but It just feels to me like the smart move here, and I've talked all summer long. I've been very much on my grilling brain talking about how you got to marinate you got to marinate this team you got to let them soak all the flavor of development together for the next couple years before they really can take off and i think because things happened so quickly last season there's maybe this urge to accelerate you look like you're grabbing for some kind of prop and it's very exciting
2: uh (laughs) i'm trying to close the window because the garbage truck
1: was going by and i forgot
2: i'd put all these plants in the window and i just knocked them all over
1: (laughs) and so it's good Okay, good Good <laughs> to know. I didn't even hear the garbage truck, so hopefully... I know we'll
2: I muted, it. but I didn't uh, expect that you'd have the visual gaff.
1: Fair enough. Well, for those on the uh, on the video, uh, congratulations. You just got to see <laughs> Katie fumbling with plants on, on, on camera. Um, but yeah, my point is is that uh-huh. letting this thing kind of marinate and grow and just sort of give it time to see what it actually is, who fits which roles... I think there's this real quick thing to sort of be like, well, Vision nine works or it didn't, and then they have to adjust via that and, and decide what their course is from there. I still think they have a year or two here to figure things out and not rush anything,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's why, to me, any sort of, like, DeAndre Ayton or Rudy Gobert trade or anything like that feels way premature for where this team is in its life cycle, um, and I think, you know, just giving Fred Van Vliet that extra money to stick around for four years, that locks in such an important piece, an important supplementary piece to Scotty Barnes, assuming he reaches is the the heights that we think he's going to. I just think it's a no-brainer. Any other thoughts on sort of the idea of just letting this thing kind of germinate for a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I guess a lot of people, one, I can't like, you know, I can't get down to people getting super excited. It was a super exciting year. It was a really exciting team. They did definitely overachieve, Mm -hmm. but you know, it is up to you, the fan, (laughs) and your view and experience to kind of hold a little bit of a grain of salt, you know, and like the whole point of like Vision six nine, <laughs> is that it's it's meant to take time, like it is meant to be something that appreciates. Like mm-hmm. that's the value of it. Uh, is you're building something that's so unique to the Raptors franchise because they are the only ones who have secured like this many of this type of player mm-hmm. uh, and have made them fit, have developed them, they've gotten a lot better. It's not just, like, a quick hit, right? Like, the the maturation is going to be what brings about, like, championship contention. Mm-hmm. Um, and the maturation of that, you know, that still counts for, like, Pascal Siakam, Ojean Obi, Fred Van Vliet. Like, they're not at their best. You know what I – if you ask those guys, like, are you in your best, like, playing? Like, are these the best years of your career? They'd say sure. no. Because yeah. every every pro player is going to look – ahead of themselves right and think like of course like i can improve in all these different ways so i think like um holding on to hope and realizing that yeah the next couple of years are going to be super exciting there's no reason to to think like they're gonna suck or be like painful to watch um but it's not realistic (laughs) to say like next year they're going for the chip and all this is also with the consideration that like you know uh bobby webster and masai ujiri all they ever talk about is winning. But yeah. there's a reason you also have like that seed kind of planted front and center in your players and within the organization. Because again, like that is what you're pushing towards yeah. anything that like that proves like this season, I think proves that a winning mentality can mean more than just going as far as you can. Yeah. You know, it definitely accelerated the team from where we thought they'd be at the beginning of the season to where they ended up. Um, So I think like you have to take all of this into account when you look at any kind of criticisms of a player like Fred Van Vliet, Mm -hmm. which I know we'll get to later, but it's like you can't you can't like place the burden of expectation squarely on his shoulders when that expectation is kind of your expectation of a team just like doing much better than you ever expected. Um, You know, good things do come to those who wait. I know patience is like patience in the NBA are not usually synonymous with one another Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and basketball pro basketball is a short shelf life but in this case it's worth waiting for just when you look at like you know you touched on scotty barnes like look at how he matured as a player just in one season yeah right with like little to no expectations on him and he did that because he's in a system that didn't require him right away to be the number one guy you know Mm -hmm. he had the flexibility and the room and the support to kind of grow and work on his game. And all will pretty much like every facet Yeah, and he'll continue to do that because they're not like, all right, you gotta be this like number one rookie do or die. It's all on you, which can like crush a player yeah. early on in their career. And he didn't have that. The reason he's so good is because they, the Raptors have carefully set things up to play the long game. So I like, I do see that. I get being excited, mm-hmm. especially when things speed up. Like you want everything right away, but it's not gonna happen, not with this team.
1: Yeah. And look, like they could very well go be a second round team or even like a sneaky conference finals team yes. next season. Totally. You know, that again will be probably an overshooting of expectation, but you know to your point you know they're kind of talking the talk before they're able to walk the walk and i think that's a pretty good way to set the tone for when you are kind of jumping into that competitive window and and, and all of that and again i think having fred around for that and also just like the importance of having really good role players mm-hmm. and you know fred's something better than a role player he's a freaking all-star for christ's sake like Having him there with Scotty Barnes, like, I've, I've made this point before, but there are so many teams that would kill to have the supporting cast around their fledgling superstar that the Raptors currently have around Scotty Barnes, even though Barnes maybe isn't quite ready to be that sort of center of the universe type player. Having the guys around him for when he is ready for that is going to just make it so you can jump right into being competitive and not doing the sort of Mavericks thing where you're like, well, we'll try Chris Dabbs Porzingis, and then maybe we'll try Spencer Dinwiddie, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we'll try Christian Wood and all of this stuff like they don't have to do the trying they have the supporting cast in place now and i think locking in fred for four years just kind of ensures that that's going to be the case going forward too we're going to get into on the other side of the break here to the criticisms i think that are out there of fred van Vliet, which in fairness i don't see a lot of them because i have curated a, an immaculate timeline <laughs> but you see him in the comments you see him sort of quote t- tweeted in your timeline and stuff like that too i'm not even sure how much validity there is to them so we'll briefly talk about them and also i, I have some thoughts on the sort of non-expendability of fred and when it comes to like trades and stuff like that uh that you kind of throw out as well for the raptors this off season or in future off seasons we'll get to that in just one second but first i want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy and they have a brand new flavor for you it's mud pie and you may be saying mud pie that sounds gross sean what are you talking about well guess what It has all the stuff that you'd ever possibly want in a bar. It is, of course, uh, loaded with chocolate, so the huge chocolate fan is going to be a big fan. It's got rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. That is a hell of a sentence right there that Built Bar has put together, a hell of a bar they've come up with. You should definitely go and get yourself some Mud Pie Bars. They're packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and just 8 grams of sugar. That's like half the calories of a candy bar and about a quarter of the sugar you're getting in a typical candy bar as well it's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie wrapped it up just for you to power you through your workout or something like that it's a great way to feel indulgent without actually being indulgent go and get yourself some mud pie built bars today at built.com use the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 to get 15 percent off your order is a the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and that promo code is for everybody not just first-time customers so go and check them out whether it's your first
0: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: All right, we continue on here with our chat about Fred Van Vliet. And yes, yesterday after his press conference, there were some weird murmurings kind of about Fred and maybe his... I don't know. Look, look, Fred is to the point. He's blunt. He's not going to like sugarcoat anything and maybe that rubs people the wrong way. I don't really know. Um, Again, I didn't see a whole lot of this and sort of like anti-Fred sentiment coming out uh, after his presser yesterday but it is a thing that exists, right? You know, you see it in the comments, you see it in the sort of the general view of him as like this sort of ball hog type player. I think that's kind of a weird, fringy opinion held by some Raptors fans. Again, we don't have to give too much credence to any of this, but I'm just kind of curious, Katie, you know, what have you seen in terms of anti-Fred sentiment and what do you think of it? Uh, it's probably, you're going to think it's pretty dumb, right?
2: <laughs> uh, like you, I I have... um. I guess I have some great, yeah, my timeline's like, pretty robustly positive place. Mm-hmm. So I've only mm-hmm. seen like loose, vague responses to the negative responses, but I do feel like it is our responsibility as, you know, raptors, podcasters, writers mm-hmm. to be aware of like the, you know, having a finger on continent. the pulse. Yeah, yeah, you gotta know what's what's irking people, I suppose, even if you don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um no, I think it's just really stupid. Um, in terms of him being a ball hog, what did I say to you before we started recording? <laughs> He's a, he's a fucking point guard. Yep. Um, and even within that, like, he is not a Chris Paul style point guard. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're pretty lucky that you have, like, the very methodical understanding of Fred Van Vliet, uh skill as a point guard when he knows to give the ball away, when he knows to hold on to it, when he knows a pass is the thing to do, when he knows someone who's calling for a pass is not actually in the best position to make that shot. Like, he's very, he, he reads the floor extremely well. Um, sorry, the dog's chugging.
1: That's all right. It's
2: hot for everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's totally all right. I'd, I'd be doing the same thing if I was a dog. Don't worry.
2: Um. Yeah, I just like I don't see the merit. I actually don't even see it. You know. I also said to you, like, I'd be curious to look at his stats around shots, mm-hmm. like in the past, like three seasons. Um. Obviously, Kyle Lowry would would uh, affect that a little bit. Um. And also, you made a great point that. Uh, again, we I guess we chatted a lot about this before we started. Yeah, we did a lot of reading While room we searched and yeah. for, for <laughs> headphones. Um, but the fact that like what Pascal's absence early on in this season also probably affected that and he had to take on a bigger role with shooting. Um, yeah. I wouldn't call him like a particularly like when his hand's hot, it's hot and I trust him to take shots. Mm-hmm. But he's not like a lights out shooter, it is not even how I would really qualify his playing profile. Mm-hmm. It's not his like the best part of his game. Um, so I don't actually even see that. Honestly yeah. whatsoever.
1: Yeah. He look, he he had to take on a pretty big offensive burden to start the season because Pascal Siakam was out. OG Ananobi missed a lot of time in there as well. Mm-hmm. And Scotty Barnes was still kind of getting his feet wet. And that ended up Coming back to bite him because he played too much and he got hurt and he was, you know, broken down by the end of the season as a result of that. But I don't think that because he got hurt or because he slowed down, that it, he's some sort of like person who derails the offense or anything like that. And in fact, even though he wasn't 100% and wasn't hitting his shots in the back part of the season, he did adapt his role as Pascal and Scotty became the very two obvious guys who were running most possessions and Fred was doing his off-ball wizardry thing where he's so good away from the ball, catch and shoot threes. They weren't falling, but with proper health and with actual legs under him, you know, assume, assuming next season he can gain full health again, like I don't see why that wouldn't replicate itself. Mm-hmm. He's been a very adaptable guy throughout his career and i guess we can kind of pivot into this now going into next season you know you look at what this team is going to try to be and i've talked a little bit about how i don't think they need to go make any moves in the off season necessarily you know they're going to use the mid-level exception there'll be the draft pick and a couple other small Mm -hmm. signings i would guess but for me the the real change in the complexion of this team is going to come from how they kind of reorient the hierarchy of the team right you would assume Pascal's still going to be the lead dog and he's going to run the, the, the most possessions and he's going to have the highest usage and all of that. He's going to be the leading scorer. But I think after that is where you can kind of fiddle around with, all right, who is going to be the second guy in command when it comes to running the offense? Where is Fred going to slot in? How do you leverage the shooting of OG mm-hmm. and Gary Trent Jr, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think for me, that's a very easy thing for Fred Van Vliet to kind of adapt within. Right. And I guess, I guess, you know, if you have questions about whether he can adapt, I, I, I'm—I guess I understand a little bit because he is someone who's always talked about betting on himself, and he's very—he's got a lot of self-belief. Of course, and that's you know a big part of why he's gotten to where he's gotten. But I also think because of that, there's maybe this impression that he is kind of stuck in his ways, and he's going to sort of go out and try to get his and get paid or whatever. And I just don't think that's the case, particularly considering who he kind of got all his tutelage from. Kyle Lowry, the guy known for adapting his role to fit exactly what the Raptors needed throughout his entire time. You need him to be a scorer? All right, he'll go score 22 a game. You need him to be a playmaker? Okay, he'll go and score 14 a game and have 10 assists and be like second in the league in assists during the Kawhi season. You need him to get back to being a scorer in 2019 20 because Kawhi's gone. He can go do that as well while also doing all the other Kyle Lowry things that make him Kyle Lowry. And I just, I totally see that kind of being Fred's. Mo going forward here. Do you have any trepidation about whether or not he'll be able to adapt his role and fit to what the Raptors might need as they reassemble their hierarchy as Scotty Barnes sort of moves up the the totem pole in terms of you know importance and uh, you know prioritization for the Raptors? Where are you at in terms of your belief in Fred adapting his role to fit what the Raptors might need next season, which might very well be sort of a, a supercharged three and D type of thing where he's an off ball threat for the most part, an offense, a secondary creator. and And then, of course, a really, really damn good defender on the other end.
2: I don't see any problems with adaptability um, because I would say, like, look back at Fred's entire career. Mm -hmm. um, He's like one of the most adaptable players. Uh, I think he he (laughs) the way that he had to play first with 905 um, and then to get a nod to, like, get called up to the Raptors. You, you have to do ev- like he was a player who did everything like yeah. he did everything asked of him he did everything asked of him once he got there and he was under Kyle Lowry he did everything asked of him he adapted when Kawhi Leonard came in you know which was a huge shift like we talk a lot in that season about how Kyle Lowry adapted um and that was kind of a big thing for him he is a player who's known or was known in the past to be fairly stubborn right mm-hmm. we don't really talk so much about how that trickled down to Fred uh, and Pascal, but like as Fred is kind of like the second in command, even at that point, I think, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, he also understood that was like the clear path to a title and he did everything in his power to help shape that. Uh, and then you have the Tampa season. He adapted there. And then you have this past season where like there were growing pains that he was totally vocal about. Like it's really a cute story when he talks about, you know, his relationship with Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. and just like growing to a understand- curmudgeonly
1: man growing, yeah, like, to, growing to love understand again. Him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but like, I hate to break it to you like naysayers, but that's adaptability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like personal adaptability. But I want to see that and I want to hear that him talk about that because it means he's someone who's also not scared to talk about change, which is another thing that like a lot of athletes like star athletes too. They don't budge in that way and they don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about it. And another thing I want to say is there's a really fine line, I think, in the NBA between confidence, like what's perceived as confidence Mm -hmm. and what's perceived as stubbornness. And I'm still not necessarily clear because it changes. It's like an imaginary line is what I should specify. And it changes. Uh, Confidence is positive. Stubbornness is not seen as negative mm-hmm. and it the qualifications for it changes like season to season, game to game, like player to player too, right? Sure. And like I would really hate to see Fred, by no fault of his own, fall into this stubborn category because he's had to make a career basically out of like believing in himself when yeah. nobody else did. Yeah. And like having the comp, like re-upping his confidence almost daily, Like, that's really hard, but it speaks to, like, a real, like, wealth, you know, of self-belief and strength, Um, which to me is the right way to be confident. Sure. And not to just be kind of confident and brash and, you know, about, like, the showier and flashier things. Um, So, yeah, I just, I wanted to touch on that because that's a dichotomy that I think you see with, like, players like Chris Paul. Sure. I mentioned Kyle Lowry. You know, we've seen it with Kyle Lowry. Short
1: kings, you mean.
2: <laughs> True, but also like Jimmy Butler's another yeah, one. You yeah. know, there are players who just kind of, it depends on the situation. Like one season, oh, they're great. They're super confident. Well, the next season, it's like they're too stubborn. They're toxic, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like it. you have to look at like they haven't necessarily changed. It's like the situations, you know, the conditions around them that have. Yeah. And some of that is like the way teams want to paint. A certain picture of a player right you have to factor in like trade considerations and things like that and fred's never been in that position thankfully with the raptors so they're not a franchise that's like trying to skew him a certain way so he like is up for a trade they want to hold on to him because they understand like exactly what they've got in him so i don't know yeah that's
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i i think the like the stubbornness versus confidence thing is interesting. And, you know, I think there's probably a time in the past where you could say that Fred kind of bordered on stubbornness, but it was also kind of a necessity. As you mentioned, he's kind of building a career from scratch. He's on a, you know, a Mm -hmm. a two-year sort of minimum deal to get things going, and then he gets another deal to kind of bridge the gap, and then he finally gets his big contract, and he's on Mm -hmm. the verge, it seems, soon of another big contract. And I would have to assume that... When and if that comes, which I would assume will come at some point this summer based on it being talked about already, like that would only free him up even more to be like, all right, I'm chill. Like I've made now $200 million as an NBA player. I am totally comfortable within my own skin and body to take a step back and Mm -hmm. be the third option or whatever it might be, while also being a damn good third option at that. And I know people get weird about like, oh, is he a max player? Is he blah, blah, blah? like, just like- sh- shut up with that. Like, <laughs> who cares? It's, yeah. it's not your money. The Raptors can keep their own guys. And at some point here, if they plan on going to be a title team, they're going to have to pay the luxury tax anyway. So, um, But the in-game yeah.
2: conference is a thing, too, because that's advocacy, right? Sure. And I think that's players advocating for themselves. And to a degree, that's players like Fred Van Vliet, who have earned the right to advocate for themselves and who their coaches listen to. Sure. Right? It's, it's not just like, like a second- or third-year player complaining that they're not getting the minutes they think they should get. Mm-hmm. It's like your veteran leader. Yeah. So if he advocates for himself, I feel like that's completely fair. And I also do want to you know, say, I don't have rose colored glasses on about Fred. I've seen him be stubborn on the court when it's like, sure. Please stop taking that shot. (laughs) Also, what do we hear about shooters, right? Like the rhetoric of shooters is like, you got to shoot through it sometimes. So I trust that too. So like if a player feels like this, I've got this shot. They had a good look and misses for some reason. You know, that just that's basketball. That's what happens. So Mm -hmm. I think like, again, this fine line of like, confidence and like cockiness um, usually comes down to the conditions. If, if Fred's like missing those shots in a game where they're up 10, 15, it -hmm. doesn't matter if it's a situation where they're trailing, you know, and it's like a playoff game. It matters a lot more.
1: Yeah. And I would argue that he has like really made, huge steps when it comes to like doing the stuff on the margins to affect winning and you know smart intelligent basketball he was an incredibly positive player last season and that's all part of it right is like Mm -hmm. not shooting your team out of it realizing when some other guy kind of needs to to get his looks up or whatever it is and i think he's got a pretty good understanding of that and a pretty good finger on the pulse of the team when he's out there and again it's you know we keep on doing the kyle Lowry comparisons but they're very easy to draw <laughs> there's yes. a reason we do them <laughs> uh we're going to continue on and i want to talk about just sort of the indispensability of fred van vliet and you know whether or not there's a world in which if you're the raptors front office you would even consider moving on from him this offseason, um, which, again, I don't think is a thing that really is all that big a conversation, but I have seen it a little bit in terms of, well, maybe you we should trade him for Donovan Mitchell or whatever. We'll talk about that and why I think that would be just a horrible, horrible doomed idea coming up in just one sec. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Arcade 1UP. Boom! Shakalaka baby! They've got big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing you the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine yes it's seven foot two it's enormous it's ridiculous. no it's not it's just uh it's a shack themed version of nba jam which is one of my favorite video games of all time My whole thing is I used to play a lot of sports games, but then I realized sports games aren't fun because they're too realistic, and what's the fun in that? So, give me NBA Jam, give me NFL hits, give me any sports game where there's explosions and uh, fire and crazy animations, that's the way you want to go, it's just way more fun that way and it's one of the first ever sports games to feature real and digitized digitized NBA-licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and families, all with a new Wi-Fi leaderboard as well, making you more connected than ever. Anything where you can hold it over your friends that you're better at them then, that's why video games are played, baby. Go and get yourself a NBA Jam. 1-Up from Arcade... Sorry, NBA Jam Shaq Edition from Arcade 1-Up today. They also have a lot of classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many more. start... Mortal Kombat and many more starting at just 399 bucks. And they're giving away an NBA Jam Shaq Edition to a locked-on listener for a chance to win... A game console for your games room or whatever it might be. Arcade1Up.com slash locked is the place. That's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter with NBA Jam Shaq Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today.
0: Who are you gonna play with? Better be me. Invite me over to play. I'll I'll, 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 I'll whoop you. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: All right, we continue on here to round this thing out. And Katie, I want to just briefly touch on the idea of potentially trading Fred Van Vliet because that's what you do in the offseason. Everyone's trade fodder. Oh, gee, Gary Trent Jr., blah, 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 blah. I'm very tired, but. We should just briefly touch on it because I do think when I have been sort of hypothesizing about like DeAndre Ayton trades or Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, etc., you know, Fred Van Vliet does kind of come up as a bit of a sort of soft middle between maybe OG's not enough to get it done, maybe Pascal is too good to move on from, Fred Van Vliet makes a lot of money, he's right in that sort of sweet spot, maybe that's a guy who you consider moving if you're getting a star player like a Donovan Mitchell. I think that would be very dumb. Uh, I, I just want to get that out there right now. I don't think they should trade Fred Van Vliet. And the reason is, is he is indispensable to me to the overall culture of the team. He is like mm-hmm. the guy who sets the tone. He's the, the sort of front-facing dude. He answers the questions that other people won't. Um, and he's also a damn good basketball player, which is hard to replicate some of the stuff you'd be losing from him. What are your thoughts on Fred Van Vliet and his sort of untouchability as it relates to different trades around the league he feels like a kind of guy who is just a pillar of the franchise who if you moved out maybe you get a more talented player in but what does that do to the overall sort of culture of the raptors that's been built so studiously here over the last mm-hmm. few years
2: yeah i mean I, I agree with everything that you said um i think when you're when we you're doing what we start like we talked about this to start but when you're doing what the raptors are which is this long-term sustainability build mm-hmm. i would say uh the first thing you don't want to like pull the rug out from under guys is the culture yeah <laughs> right like you have to under like you have to place especially new players like in their big prime development years you have to place them within uh, a, a situation and a culture that they understand right like they mm-hmm. understand like and, and that's a two way street in terms of expectations on them and like their own expectations for the franchise. And you're like cultural thought leaders, that is going to be Fred Bandley. Yeah. To a degree, with Pascal Siakam. But I'd say this is still something that falls more on Fred Bandley. And that he just seems to come that, naturally
1: to him. Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. He embraces it because it comes so completely natural to him. And that's a rare thing in itself. Donovan Mitchell is a great, great basketball player I do think it would help him his career immensely to get out of um, Utah but I don't see that fit like uh, I don't see that fit because I actually haven't like we haven't seen that side of Donovan Mitchell because we haven't gotten to see it with like within that system I know he had a great relationship with Quinn Snyder but other than that like I haven't He's spoken about like how much he liked that franchise and how much it meant to him. But a lot of that felt just kind of like, you know, you gotta hit the right beats and talking points when you're a franchises star.
1: And you have four um, years left on your deal with not much leverage. Yeah. You're trying to yeah, you gotta, you gotta say deal. certain
2: things, but yeah. um, I just haven't seen him step up in the way that we know Fred VanVleet has like throughout his entire career. And I don't even mean like Fred stepped up. Fred's just continuously been on that level. Um, yeah. So I don't think you can lose him for someone like that. Um, I'm also not necessarily sure how even the skill fits with Donovan Mitchell. Like at this moment, it's not exactly, bless you. Thank you. (laughs) It's (laughs) not exactly what the Raptors need. I also wonder how he would potentially eclipse uh, and probably needfully want to eclipse a player like Scotty Barnes. Mm -hmm. So how that would in turn stunt. Scotty's growth and again what we talked about earlier like this kind of nice fulsome room that Scotty Barnes has had to grow within yeah. and will continue to have in the next few seasons if like everything sort of stays within these like great environmental conditions um so I'm wary of a trade like that for obviously a lot of reasons but I also just like don't entertain it because I do not see the point or purpose of it
1: yeah it's a really uh interesting when you sort of think about team building and, you know, when do you sort of put the foot on the gas? Like, I feel like fans get both overhyped about the guys they have and also undervalue the guys they have and i kind of Of feel like the latter happens for fred van vliet more than the former Mm -hmm. um where it's like well he's fine but like what could they get that's better because you know trades are fun look i i used to be a very like anti-trade machine person i actually have come around i think it's fun it's just like you're at the bar talking with your pals that's that's a cool thing that fans do and it's fine whatever um, but I do think it does sort of warp the way you view mm-hmm. the team you have in the moment. And it all kind of goes back to the very beginning, right? Where we're talking about, this is a slow build. This is something where there is patience being exercised and it's, look, man, it's a thing where it's happened before they've exercised patience, they've waited, they've been opportunistic and it ended up with a freaking title. Um, that's not to say it will happen again, cause it's very hard to win a freaking title, but mm-hmm. they have proof of concept that just kind of letting things ride and then, you know, going from there, trusting internal development, and then knowing that you kind of have the flexibility and wherewithal to make moves when they when they arise, like I think that's all kind of part of the deal, and as far it just it all goes back to the very beginning talking about just how I don't think it's the time to go make a move right now and I think Fred Van Vliet, maybe more than anybody else, is so essential to what the Raptors have built, and while he's not their best player, and you know, might be their fourth best player that by the time they're a championship level team, uh, having a fourth best player who's as good as Fred Van Vliet kind of puts you in a pretty damn good spot. So Mm -hmm. um, I I am in no rush to move on from anybody. And I I just want to – what are your thoughts on just like getting to see the team we saw last year for another year? That sounds awesome to me. Like why would you want to change a thing that we saw like maybe 15 actual games of fully formed whatever their vision was last year because of all the injuries and whatnot. I'm not in any rush to move on from the team that just brought six months of very fun basketball to my life. Uh, Let's see what they can do and build upon that. And then you kind of pivot next summer if things don't go as well as maybe you hoped.
2: Yeah, I certainly think there's still some gaps to be addressed um, in this offseason. I don't think there are huge gaps, but it's like, do you want to get another backup center? Um, You've got some bench depth questions to deal with, uh, and both contracts, like deciding, you know, who best reflects that and who maybe you're going to move on from. Mm-hmm. So there's still that but yeah, otherwise, an intact team and healthy team of what we got to see at the end of last season. Now the dog is digging the bed, up, the bed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing like I look, I would look forward to that team. going into next season
1: 100 um so we might have just talked about a thing that no one with a sound mind is actually considering in terms of trading fed van vliet but again it's the off season you got to do this stuff it's all good that's gonna do it for today's episode huge thank you to katie for hopping on it was lovely chatting with you anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there
2: uh, yeah, I will promote the series I'm doing at Dime called Small Screens, and that's treating uh, these NBA finals like a TV show and mm-hmm. reviewing every game as an episode. So what are the major plot reveals? What are the character arcs? What are the Easter eggs that were being left? Uh, it's uh, getting harder <laughs> to not talk about <laughs> basketball than writing about basketball, so I do want somebody to wrap it up. But, uh, yeah, you can you can find that at Dime.
1: Are you hoping that tonight is the surprise season finale?
2: Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against it, mm-hmm. but I also just like, I feel like this is going to seven.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would be very down if tonight ended the Boston Celtics season. That would be I awesome. No, you would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It would be very cool. I feel like most viewers or listeners of this podcast would agree. That's in their, true. In the anti-Celtic sentiment because... uh they're the Celtics. What else do I have to say? We're gonna wrap it there. Thank you very much. We'll be back again tomorrow with Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers. We're gonna do a crossover episode to talk about this OG business because it seems like Blazers fans think they're getting OG Ananobi, which I think is adorable. Uh, so I'm gonna become persona non grata in Portland tomorrow, and that'll be fun. So you have that to look forward to with Mike Richmond, who we love, who has been on the podcast before. Uh, also on Monday. Fun with the draft kicking off. We're gonna have a fun little episode on Monday with Vivek. We're gonna do a draft pick draft from Raptors history. We're each gonna assemble our picks for the five best draft picks the Raptors have ever made, based on slot, talent, all that stuff. So that will be very fun on Monday. We've got Sam Ferris from Locked in NBA Big Board coming on next Wednesday to talk more draft stuff too. So lots of stuff as we are now just a week away from the draft. Very exciting stuff as that thirty third pick has people all in a tizzy. It's a lot of tizzy for thirty third overall pick, but that's you know to each their own. Uh, so we got. <laughs> I'm not gonna yuck anyone's yum. If the draft, the draft piggies want to soak up the thirty third pick for all it's worth, then go on, piggies eat it up uh we're gonna wrap it there thank you very much for tuning in subscribe follow rate review etc on all your favorite podcast apps and platforms you can also go to youtube and subscribe there if you have yet to do so it's much appreciated and we'll talk to you again on friday another episode of locked on raptors go make your second listen of the day now locked on nba as they tee up game six of the nba finals and with that bye-bye